Hello and welcome back to the Grace Field Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. And as always this week, I'm looking to bring you information on something I feel God is, has really been speaking to me about. And these days it has been infidelity. That has come up in so many different ways, either through messages from clients or different articles that have come my way. It has just come up several times over the last couple of weeks. And so I felt like, all right, it's time to talk about infidelity on the podcast, which I guess we'd be surprised that for a podcast on marriages, I don't talk about very often. It is one of the things that really wrecks marriages is really a breaking of covenant. And I'm sure everybody wants to know what actually causes it and how could we understand if our marriage is really at risk. Let's jump right in. I'm so excited to get into this really important topic with you guys. This is the kind of episode that everybody really needs to listen to. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty, struggling to connect with your husband, Maybe you're telling yourself you're just sticking it out for the kids and what really keeps you in the marriage is God. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you reconnect in marriage and feel cherished again. Hey, I'm Beatrice, a Jesus-loving wife and mom. I've been married for 15 years, but for the past 10, I've actually had the affectionate and connected marriage I've always dreamed of. What happened the first five years? Well, I was busy telling my husband all the things he was doing wrong, like how he needed Jesus and he needed to make me happy. We tried marriage counseling, small groups, all the things we were told that would make our marriage better. Nothing worked and we separated. How did I turn it around? Well, that's what you'll learn in this podcast. Proven skills to communicate better, create more intimacy and be a grace-fueled wife. So if you're ready to finally communicate effectively with your husband so you can stop fighting and be on the same team again, this podcast is for you. Now grab that journal and let's jump right in. So last week I told you guys the story of my client who had said, you know, I really wish I found you sooner. And when I think about this, when I think about the different types of clients that I have, and I think about this topic for this week of infidelity, I think about taking preventative measures. So, you know, how we go to the doctor and, you know, if we eat healthy, we take care of our bodies, then our trips to the doctor are a lot more comforting, right? They take a look at your numbers and your numbers look good. Your blood pressure is not high. Your cholesterol is low, all those types of things because we're taking preventative measures. But when we're not, when we're eating you know, the standard American diet, and we're doing all these things that are really harmful to our bodies, then we go to the doctor. And that's sometimes when our numbers come back and they don't look so good. And they might say things like our sugar levels are high or our cholesterol is high, things of that nature. So when I think of that, I think of our marriage as being the same way. How do we take preventative measures in our marriage? How do we safeguard our marriage? And we can talk a lot about that in this episode. And one of the really great ways I think we can do that is by joining 
the grace-fueled marriage method. And I'm not just saying that because it's my course. I'm actually saying it for the reasons that I stated, because if my clients are saying, oh, I wish I found you sooner, if I'm helping them to unlock the keys for things that in their own marriages are all of a sudden making such a difference for them, then I think no matter where we are in our marriages, this could be the kind of community and the kind of support that could be really helpful. So I'll give you an example. Last night, we were doing a group coaching session. And like I said, my group coaching sessions are really small. I just had two women in the group. And we were able to really dig in uh, pretty deep with only two women in, in the group for last night's session. And it's so beautiful to watch them listen to the other, right? So you watch me coach one person while the other is listening and you're able to see maybe that other person is not in the same place that you're in. And you're able to sit there and take notes and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I can apply that to my life in this way. And so not only are you getting help with the things that you may be struggling with, but you're also seeing things you might not have even realized you're doing in someone else. And you might be able to see me coach that other person through those things. That and the fact that it really builds this safe community. Everyone in there is feeling like this is a safe place. We're all going through the same stuff right here. And it really is what gives us this uh, village, this community that we're lacking, where else do we have as women to find that, to find a community where, you know, I'm not going to be judged maybe for the things that I may have said to my husband, and they're not going to judge him for the plenty of wrong things that he may have done to me. And that is the the beauty of this community that I just don't know if it exists anywhere else. I mean, perhaps it does, but I've looked around and in a space that way, that is not just one-on-one, -on -one, I haven't seen it, which is why I created it. And so if you're looking to do something preventative, something special, something where you can really take your marriage to the next level or really keeping it from that place of emergency, right? This place of where now we're doing triage because now you're in the midst of a separation. If you're looking to do that, then the Gracefields Marriage Method, in my opinion, is going to be the best thing that you could do for your marriage today. Why don't you check it out? GracefieldsMarriageMethod.com. That's GracefieldsMarriageMethod.com. All right. So I told you that the inspiration for this particular episode I'm going to just go right ahead and say was the Holy Spirit because, uh, like I mentioned before, I kept seeing things on infidelity kept popping up in, in one place or another in my life. And I was like, man, uh, like, all right, Lord, wait, what are you trying to tell me here? But I can say that the, the first place that it popped up, which makes sense considering I'm training to be a marriage therapist, right? The first place that it popped up was in one of my textbooks, which actually is a really great read. Not like I'm telling you guys to all run out and read this marriage textbook, but the, the title of the book is called The Family Crucible. And it really reads like a telenovela, like a soap opera. You sit there and you're like, oh, ooh. it kind of goes through um, this story of a family in therapy and um, it goes through like the experience that they had in therapy and, and talks about all those things. And, and at one point in the book, it shifts from the one family who's the main focus of the book, shifts to another couple um, in which the husband goes out 
has an affair. Okay, fine. You know, we've all seen that story before. But the thing that I thought was really interesting about the way the therapist kind of conceptualized the affair was that the therapist talks about um, the couple kind of making a secret agreement. Not, Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say secret agreement in that it wasn't overt, right? It wasn't like the wife said, oh, yes, that's okay. You can go out and have an affair. But the couple was having so many problems that um, the the, the And the way they put this kind of in like the therapeutic terms was the husband basically was assigned the role to go out and have an affair to basically disrupt the marriage to such a place where they had no choice but to seek help. And that really, really struck me because I thought about it and I'm like, you know, when we think about what causes an affair, if you just Google like what causes an affair, what are the main causes of an affair or of infidelity, you will get all types of answers. And, you know, I did. I Googled it. I looked up all types of answers and I had a hypothesis and I wanted to see what are other people, other experts saying. And as I looked at it, I found one thing to be pretty consistent in all the answers. So, you know, on marriage.com, there was like a, a little essay, basically like, you know, the 10 biggest causes of an affair. And like, when you look at all 10 of the biggest causes, if I could boil them all down to the root thing, what is the root thing? And boil them all down. I would say each and every one of those 10 things that they said, boil down to disconnection. And the reason why I thought that was important is because I really believe in getting to the root cause of things. So if you've taken my course, you'll know that I talk a lot about this, like getting to the root cause of like your biggest arguments or your, you know, whatever it is, these these really hot button issues in your marriage. And what happens when we get to the root cause of something is we're treating the actual issue, right? It's like we're, you know, going back to kind of like my doctor's analogy earlier, we're treating the disease rather than the symptoms, right? We're we're making sure that the tree is healthy versus just cutting off the yellow leaves and pruning the yellow leaves. Um, if we look at it from a spiritual perspective, we are staying within the vine, right? God says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And so we're, we're staying in the vine. Why? Because the vine is our source of life and it is what is healthy. And when we're staying in the vine, that means that that is causing everything else in our life to be healthy. But when we're not doing that, everything in our life starts to fall apart. So I believe wholeheartedly in the um, concept of getting really to the root issue. And, and, you know, I know I've talked about this before, how I'm not actually the biggest fan of um, marriage therapy, even though I will have a whole episode on like some of the marriage therapies that I think are the best. But the reason why is because as it relates to therapy, I think the most important thing is that we want to look at not just the symptoms, so we don't want to look at, oh, well, he's not speaking to me, or we're fighting a lot, or we don't go on a lot of date nights. All those things are important, but what is the cause of them? And so if we really go back, I find really everything boils down to this idea 
of disconnection. Now, if we really even want to get deeper than that, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the analogy, but if we take a look at an iceberg, if you Google the iceberg analogy, for those of you who are not familiar with it, an iceberg, what we see up top is really only like 20%. The entire iceberg, 80% of it is below the surface. And so disconnection is going to be not only is it below the surface, but it's like it's, you know, it is pretty far down. But there's still underneath that, there's still other things underneath that that are causing the disconnection. So I like to, um, when I think about if I can sum up everything I do with this mission, this work, everything I do with wives, with families, with marriages, I would say my one word problem that I try to solve is miscommunication. Wives might be saying and doing and feeling one thing and husbands are saying and doing and feeling something else. And they are behaving based on what they're seeing through their lens of what they're saying and doing. And then the other person is not receiving it in that way. And so in essence, there's miscommunication because the other person is not actually hearing what they intended to say. And that's what's causing this disconnection. That's what's causing the lack of safety. Well, guess what? That is what causes an affair. Affairs don't just happen. You don't just get married and like everything is great. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oops, you know, oops, how did that happen? Like, oops, I started dating somebody else or oops, I got in a relationship with somebody else. or Like, no, that is not the way it works. It's just not the way it works. And if it is right, if you do happen to find yourself in a place like that, then, you know, maybe there for whoever that party is where that happened, maybe there was really no connection there to begin with. But for a couple who loved each other at one time, who they, they felt this loving connection, uh, they, they felt all the things, all the feelings, all the things, and, um, and now they don't. But each party is still a good person. There's no sort of covert abuse going on. There's really none of that going on. There, there's really no conceivable reason why they wouldn't be getting along. Um, really, when you boil it down, that's what's going on is they, they feel disconnected. You feel alone. You feel like roommates. You feel like, I just want to do things with him again. I want to feel like one with him again. I want to, I mean, come on, I know I'm speaking to you because I, I, I know this is the feeling. And so not only is it feel that way for you, but it also feels that way for him. And so when we look at the cause of infidelity, this disconnection is an attempt by one party. We're not going to put all the blames on the husband, right? Like whoever it is, is the attempt by one party to find that connection somewhere else, find that connection outside of the covenant of marriage. And that's why it's a problem because we, we, you know, we we made a covenant um, in the beginning to to stay true to one another. We made that covenant to find that connection with each other, and that's why when you know you hear wives who feel like um, who may be having faced infidelity in that maybe their husband has a porn addiction, and then you hear other people say, well, it's just porn. It's not really cheating. Um, it's not fair to that wife, right? Because for that wife, she has 
felt that betrayal because she has felt that that husband has gone out and sought some sort of comfort outside of the marriage. So whatever that looks like, or an emotional affair is another example where an emotional affair and maybe the one partner having the emotional affair is denying it. Oh, no, I never touched her. We didn't. No, 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 that never happened, right? Because in that partner's mind, they never actually crossed the line. But the, but I'm going to just use the example of the wife, but the wife feels betrayed because she feels like that closeness, that intimacy has been found somewhere outside the marriage. And I think that's important to note. I think it is an important distinction to make in terms of what actually causes infidelity because going back to my original example of my textbook where the husband or wife had this kind of unspoken agreement that the husband was going to go out and have an affair, the idea was that things were in such a place in their marriage that it needed to be shaken up. It needed like a wake-up call. It needed something drastic for both parties to say, hey, what's going on here? And sometimes infidelity is that thing that makes it happen. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying that any one person would be justified to go out and cheat on their spouse. The point of this conversation is to say, well, then what is the cause? Where does it come from? Another person that I was speaking to had talked about being in such a place of depression that she knew she could never take her own life because she had a family, she had children, you know, whatever, and like she had to be there for them. But in her mind, having an affair was something that had to come to mind for her because in her mind, it was something that would blow up everything that was going wrong. It would kind of just cause it to start over or cause it to not exist anymore or whatever. So in her mind, it was almost like marital suicide where she had been contemplating this thing of would this work? We had to talk through that, right? We had to talk through what does that actually look like? Is that something that do you actually want to live through the repercussions of that? And does it make this person a bad person? No, absolutely not. I just found it so interesting to see in so many ways how the enemy basically will lie to us, how the enemy will tell us that because we are creatures, people who were created with a deep-seated need for connection, right? That's why uh, God created Eve, because he said it is not good for man to be alone. And so just as humans, we were created for connection. It makes so much sense that we would just be craving this close connection. And then when we can't find it, it almost makes sense that Satan would go in there and lie and use these things. Oh, you know, you want connection. You want to feel validated. You want to feel beautiful. You want to feel wanted. You could find it in all these places. And these are the ways to do it. I mean, I can't even tell you how many messages I get with infidelity being a major problem. And for a long time, I thought, you know what, I can't help. You know, even in, in my course, I say like right at the beginning, like, oh, if there's been like infidelity, I, I can't guarantee that this is something I can help with. And I think the idea of is if it's active, if it is 
active infidelity, right, where there is an active affair going on and um, one of the partners is actively choosing to be in the affair, then that is something that I choose to not work with because it says to me that at least one of the partners has no intention of working on this marriage because they're actively in an affair. And granted, I work with women who are separated, but for them, the idea is they're separated and they want to know if he comes back, if we reconcile, what are the things that I can do better at that point that will help make my marriage stronger? So in those things, yes, I can help. But understanding what causes infidelity, I think is going to be so important, just such an important topic for us to really grasp. And so in my title, I talk about like, is your marriage at risk? Well, guess what? Everyone's marriage is at risk of infidelity in some shape or form, right? Anybody is capable of it. Is it likely? Not necessarily. So what we want to look at is not is someone capable, but how are we safeguarding that marriage? How are we safeguarding it from infidelity? How are we safeguarding it from those lies? Now, of course, there are the normal things that you would hear, and I've talked about this before, and I can go over a a few, is really just having strong boundaries around things as they relate to the opposite sex. Like, so for myself personally, it's not like a hard and fast rule, but personally, I don't really have any male friends. You know, I do, like, I have kind of like one kind of like coworker, but even with that, any of our messages that we text about, it's always like professional, you know, on a very professional level. If we are going to talk anything beyond that, then it's like, I we try to make sure like, oh, you know, oh, let's do this thing. Invite your wife. You know, I'd love to hang out with her, that kind of thing. It's also inviting the spouses in because in my personal boundary is to, I want to keep from there being any sort of emotional attachment, any sort of like emotional things from growing in any which way. So if we don't allow uh, the seeds to be sown, then they can't grow into anything else. And so those are just some of my personal boundaries. I mean, they also go with like, even I can be like pretty funny, like I won't text my friend's husband. Like I just, you just won't ever find me texting my friend's husband. I may have his number, maybe, but I will never text him unless it is on like a group text with either my husband in the group text or his wife in the group text. And again, the idea being that I had no business texting my friend's husband. Like unless I am planning a surprise party for his wife, maybe, and whatever those rare occasions would be. And even then it's probably going to be in a group with other people who are involved in that surprise. So those are some of the ways that Um, I kind of safeguard that. I think that those are really important. But I think the really the the biggest way, right, because that would not even be an issue if the connection. Right. So I do that just to maintain uh, the sanctity of the the um, connection in my own marriage. But really, if this root cause that we're talking about is this disconnection, then that is the thing that I think is most important for us as wives to make sure that we strengthen, that we work on. And if you listen to my podcast, you are probably 
in a place where that connection is not so great. And I get it. There's times when my marital connection is not so great. And it is a constant conscious choice every day for me to work to think, how can I improve this connection? Have I paid attention to my husband's bid for connection? Have I really tried to pay attention and attune to his needs so that he feels like his emotional safety needs are being met? Uh, And doesn't always mean that mine are being met, but more often than not, if I can attune to his and meet his needs, then he feels secure enough that he in turn just starts to attune to mine. And then I can also feel secure enough to say, hey, this is what I need from you right now. Hey, right now, I just need a hug. Right now, I just, I want to have a date night or, you know, whatever that looks like. And we can feel comfortable, but without that safety that's when the little, I'm going to say like whispers, you know, the, the things where, where infidelity starts off at, that seed, because it starts off as a tiny little seed and it grows into something very ugly that can really undermine the very fabric of our marriage. And it starts off with these little whispers of the enemy. But by doing these things, we can kind of crush that seed, right? Just like, nope. I see you there. Oh, I see you. I see you trying to take a a foothold and like, no, we're not doing that. We are not allowing you in here. And not only is that helpful for yourself, it's helpful when your spouse sees that you do it. And it is also helpful for the people around you. When the people around you know that they cannot even mess, like they can't even like, it's not even an option. You'll see how quickly uh, the, they'll go, right? Satan will go and he'll find an easier target. He is not going to bother with somebody who is really guarded in that area. And I mean, when I say guarded, I mean guarded in terms of uh, protecting the sanctity of their marriage in that area. And now I know I'm speaking to the wives and you guys are probably all like, yeah, I know I do this. I wish my husband would do it. I hear you. I haven't forgotten you. And for this is why I'm talking about the point of disconnection, why I'm talking about the point of really trying to be attuned to his needs. Because often what happens when we're not attuned to our husband's needs, it starts off this cycle, right? Or or the cycle may have started because he wasn't attuned to our needs. And then we got tired of always like serving him. And so we get annoyed and we get tired and then there starts the cycle. So we're not going to focus on who started the cycle, but the idea that this is the cycle, this is the dance. His needs are not met. You get upset. You might retaliate in some way. And then it continues that his needs are not met and he keeps doing the same thing and vice versa. Or your needs are not met and you retaliate and then he does the same thing. So now it becomes like a loop. And so there's several different terms for it, but essentially what it is, is a vicious cycle that is created because one person's emotional needs aren't met. And this is what I want you to take away. If you take away nothing else from this episode, take away the idea that when we can attune to each other's needs, when we can like really pay attention to the things he needs, when we can kind of even anticipate them a little bit, you know, that really will help your husband to really feel secure and safe in that, oh, she does love me. She is there for me. This is a safe place for me to be. And I can give her the same back. It doesn't solve all the issues. It doesn't, you know, solve all the problems. Obviously, that's what therapy is for. That's what the coaching is for. That's what all these things 
the communication skills, all that is for. But if we can start with that little thing, understanding that that being the root, we will start to see so much change. And I can tell you as um, important as communicating well is, knowing how to communicate is not going to be enough to save a marriage where there is this such disconnection. So there have been all these kinds of studies where couples who like fight like cats and dogs and they have these crazy rip-roaring fights, but because they know how to make up and because they know how to meet each other's emotional needs, the fighting is kind of irrelevant. They still have a very strong connected marriage. And those that's really what I want to leave you with for this week. And uh, over the upcoming weeks, we'll go into these things a little bit deeper. But I hope this was helpful for you guys. I it was really, I think, um, something that's been weighing on my heart. That's something I wanted to share with you guys. So let me know if it was helpful for you. You know, write me an email, reach out to me in the Facebook group, however that looks like. But nothing makes me happier than to hear from the audience and know, man, this really did resonate with me. I respond to all emails and all my DMs. Like I respond personally. You don't just get like a bot uh, responding. Uh, So feel free. Go ahead and reach out to me. I love chatting with you guys. And until next week. Hey, love, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found any value in it, any teaching, any transformation, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Click the link, go ahead and share it with a friend, text it to somebody, share it on Instagram, tag me at the Grace Fields Wife, any of those things, or maybe even write a review. All those things are really the best way that you can thank me, and it helps the show to get found by other amazing women just like you. I love you, and I'll see you on Tuesday for another episode of The Grace Fueled Wife.